Welcome to the IME Community Podcast, where self-love is your superpower to achieve your weight and life goals and make your mark in the world. Your host is Dr. Carla, activist MD. If you're a teen who's looking to revolutionize your health and can't wait to follow your dreams, welcome to the IME Community. in the YouTube video. I'm so excited you're here. Today's title of the podcast and video is Shame Busters, and I'm talking about my own weight loss journey, and I'm excited to talk to you all about it. I am totally open and transparent about it and how I did it, and that's why I created IME Communities to bring all that amazing Uh, transformational power of life coaching and choosing what works in the science behind what I know really works and how we've gotten things so wrong for so long um, to teens and to help uh, parents support their teens health independence and to help doctors meet in the middle and forge a new path um, ahead for their patients so I am excited to share with you this picture of me with my family. You can see my ring light glaring there. There's me with my beautiful family. That's when we were in Hawaii, um, Big Island, Hawaii. And first I want to tell you, like, this is in no way a before picture. This is when I was overweight. Actually, I had met the category of being obese. probably in this picture, but did I know that? No. And we'll talk a little bit about that kind of um, shame where I really actually wasn't going to the doctor because I didn't want to be weighed and I didn't really want to hear about what was going on, even though I am a doctor. Isn't that ironic? But this is not a before picture. Don't feel sorry for me. This is a picture of me and my family having the most amazing trip that we've had. We've taken a lot of amazing trips. We've been able to go to Europe and and more than once and we traveled so many places but this happens to be especially for me my favorite trip that I've had with my family so I was reaching all my goals I was in I thought I was I was trying my best as a mom I'm a good wife I'm a great friend and so it's not like I'm saying oh poor me then this is the before and then oh now here that I'm at a healthy weight this is the after that's not how it works and it's not really helpful to think of it that way but What I want to tell you about is more about the specifics of my journey. So I was somebody who grew up without having a weight issue. In fact, I grew up in the time, and we just didn't have the same food system, to be be honest, um, when I grew up. And I'm 52, so I mean, this whole issue with our food system and all the marketing to kids and the screen time opportunities and all of these shifts in our environment um, and the promotion of, of... poor health and poor nutrition didn't happen until I was an adult. So, so I didn't grow up in that environment and I didn't have, um, that issue growing up. And so I developed, um, I can't even tell you exactly when it would be, but probably when I was in my late thirties, um, 
close to 40, I started to, you know, gain weight for some reason or another. And, um, I know now, you know, why, but, um, at the time, you know, I really was just living my life. I had three kids. I was a doctor or I am still, but at the time it was just a busy, filled up, wonderful life. And was I happy about it? No. Was I someone who would ever go on a diet? No. Because I knew that um, that kind of restriction would re- decrease metabolism, that that would be grueling, and I wasn't interested in that kind of restriction or rigidity. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that to myself. So I thought, wow, you know, I'm not feeling the greatest at this point. Um, I'm not happy about it. I am not um, beating myself up necessarily about it, but. It just, I didn't have anything come across my, you know, life that looked like it would be effective or helpful. And the irony is that, like I've told you all so many times, for 17 years now, this has been the work of my life for my career has been addressing the childhood obesity epidemic. And I started a clinic in 2004 and five in my practice and and yeah, that was great, but that wasn't enough. And then I left my practice to start a nonprofit organization, teach get deficient, did community work. And wow, all that's great. But I mean, on the community level, I mean, it really depends on one person to sustain those efforts. And, and, and again, you know, those are great efforts, but it's really not enough. And we know that like in public health, everything is eat less, move more. And so it's kind of these bullet point recommendations and public health um, experts are doing a beautiful job, but it's just they're so under-resourced and compared with, you know, the marketing and the profits of food companies and soda companies, you just, you can't really fight it. And if you look at the data, it shows we're not winning. So again, proud of the work, but the burden of sustaining that work and those programs and getting them to the people who really need them is, it's a tough Paul, and I want to pat everyone on the shoulders, those of us who have done that work and continue to do the work, because I do think that is the most important work that we do. And then then I worked to create a clinic because everybody kept calling me and saying, and especially the school nurses, we need a clinic. And where can I refer this kid who needs more than just this program and they need um, medical help? And so I helped to, you know, fundraise and create a clinic and I led that and I was the pediatrician for that clinic and at the same time, you know, I was developing and had just, you know, gradually put on weight and um, I just can't tell you exactly why except for, um, you know, there was buffering and we'll get more into this um, with food instead of feeling my emotions. Um, there was you know, stress, a lot of reward mentality. Okay, if I um, have worked this hard, you know, then I'm tired and stressed and I'm going to, you know, reward myself with this fast food. Or um, I had a really strong diet soda. Um, I would call it almost like an addiction for probably 30 years of my life. I mean, it served me well when I was going through residency, when I was on call and having little kids, you know, just the caffeine. But um, it also really induced for me a lot of cravings. And it just, it doesn't serve me well. And I, it didn't serve me well to um, continue that, as, especially as I started my weight loss journey. So, so I thought, well, I mean, I felt so badly that I wasn't 
you know, here and there I was helping my patients, but I didn't feel like we were really getting anything to them that was very effective. And certainly for me in my life, it didn't feel that great. So, so I thought, well, maybe this is how it's going to be. I mean, it's just, I'm going to be this age and maybe my weight is going to be kind of be plateauing at this and it's just going to stay here. And then I ran across and started listening to, there's a group called Physician Moms Group on Facebook that has tens of thousands of members of Physician Moms, and they started talking about um, Dr. Katrina Ubal, who runs a program called Weight Loss for Doctors Only, and she's a pediatrician too, but she is a life and weight coach and went through her own weight loss journey and then coaches physicians, women physicians, and I started listening to her podcast and I just really loved it. And she talked about how our thoughts create our feelings, our actions, and our results. And she talked about how we have to manage our minds if we want to um, lose weight permanently. Um, She talked about how we've gotten it wrong in our healthcare systems and with our dietary guidelines and how fixating on, you know, low calorie and low fat hasn't been effective and it probably has been ineffective and maybe even caused, um, in some cases, especially with calorie restriction, some harm. And I think we can look at the data and say, that's probably true. And so I was so interested in her podcasts and learning so much. And I just thought, oh, this is so great. This thought work is going to be so cool. And I'm going to keep listening to the podcast. And then she offered her program. And so she was enrolling and I signed up and I became part of this in September, 2017, the weight loss for doctors only group. And there were about like 50 of us or so who became a part of that. And it's a six month program. And one of the things she does before you actually start is because it's a big investment. And so I had a lot of mind, uh, management that I had to do about that because I thought here I am this doctor and I can afford this and I have all these resources and I'm signing up for this and my patients can't do that and so but then I flipped it and I thought I'm gonna work hard and that's what I'm doing with IME community to get everything that I had to get myself to a healthy healthy weight and a healthy life and I'm going to bring it all to you all and I'm so excited because I think wow if I would have had this when I was a teen this would have been incredible but anyway so she had a what's called like a discovery session uh, call that um, you know before you invested fully in the program with her she would answer your questions and so I happened to have my call scheduled for the um, morning that I also got a call, my mom had um, emphysema and she lives in Kansas City. I live in Nebraska, so I had to drive three and a half hours. She's going into the hospital. She was potentially going into the ICU and she wasn't breathing well. And so I had about 30 minutes um, before my call with Katrina, I I decided I can't do this. This is a terrible time. I have um, three kids. I have a busy life. I'm helping with my mom who's sick a lot and 
you know, obviously, you know, I just, I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't have time. This won't be successful. This is a terrible time. I have to wait till my life calms down a little bit. So then I decided to take the phone call in the parking lot as my mom was still in the emergency room waiting to get it um, transferred to the floor. And I started to tell her that, uh, tell Katrina that I don't think it's a good time. My mom, you know, this was, I have a great excuse this time. I don't need to make any changes, right? And because, I mean, I also was hunkered in with this over-desire to to buffer and to use food to buffer my emotions. And I didn't really know that necessarily, but I that's what was happening. And so I decided I'm... I was very resigned that I wasn't going to be able to do it and thank you. Maybe in the future I'll, I'll do it and I'll just keep listening to the podcast. But she said, I think it's the perfect time. Why isn't it? When will it be a good time? When will you know? And she also talked to me about my work in, especially in the clinic. And she said, I bet you feel like a fraud. And one of my number one things in life and character traits actually is honesty. And I, felt like I was always so transparent and honest and open in my work. And I really felt that way. I felt she really nailed it when she said, I bet you feel like a fraud. And yeah, I mean, not only am I not showing up in a transparent way, and it wasn't like I was going out and eating total crap all the time. My husband's always like, I don't think you were eating that poorly, Carla. And like, I don't know, I must have been. But it just, it, it wasn't the most healthy, obviously, but um, I, I decided, yeah, that's true. I, I feel like a fraud, and I also want to get something to my patients that's actually helpful. I want to learn something that's, because I committed so much of my resources and my work to addressing this issue, and I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't gotten anything that's, you know, really, truly helpful. I mean, there's lots of things I'm proud of again, but it's not what I set out to do. What I set out to do was really make an impact and had a vision of creating community solutions for children's health. And I had a vision to really help and empower the youth voice and it wasn't happening. And so I thought, yeah, I feel like a fraud. And this is a great time for me to start to own and cultivate a goal that I set for myself. And I'm doing all these things for everybody else and creating all this value at my work for organizations and for other people. And, and I need to do this for myself because what's more important in my life and everyone who loves me and, and cares about me and who I love and care about is that I'm also showing up and taking care of myself. And so I decided to sign up. And then I thought, oh, this is great. I get to do all this amazing thought work and I love thinking, it's like a hobby. And so I thought, oh, this is gonna be awesome. And then day one, she came on and said, okay, here's all the kind of the rules. And this is how we're gonna do it with the food. And this is how we're gonna do it with, um, you know, tracking your food. And this is how you're gonna show up. And when you show up, you create your results. And I'm a very action-oriented person. But even that was a lot for me. I was like, whoa, you know, I just thought I was going to do this little fluffy, you know, thought work and, and just, and, and then it would just automatically happen. But it's like, no, I mean, the reality is, and 
that I'm going to have to make some changes in how I'm eating. And I never have to make any changes. She's like, you never have to do anything. It's all your, your own goal and your own results that you're creating. She's like, you do you. It's fine. She goes, but it's just that you're not going to most likely reach that goal that you are setting for yourself unless you do that. But you're on a journey of self-discovery. You're on a journey of learning and being curious um, about yourself and um, figuring out. So it was really the power of having my own individual journey and the power of choice and the power of learning what really works and learning that a lot of the standard of care, the usual care that we have in our um, society and with our health systems when we talk about you know, eat less, move more, and those simple guidelines of, of just like cutting our calories or singular solutions or needing to be rigid or strict. And, and, and that, that didn't resonate with me, but what resonated with me was learning the principles of, there's a book called The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung, where you really learn that it's the quality of our food. It's that uh, weight gain tends to be more hormonal. And when I learned the science of it, it was like, oh, wow, this absolutely makes sense. And it makes sense also why we're not getting anywhere in our country with this epidemic. And we're not really being that helpful um, to our patients and to our populations overall, because we're not giving very good or helpful or accurate um, information. And so, So that was amazing to learn the science and I'm a conceptual thinker. So it was like, and most of us are, and I'm sure you are too, especially if you're a teen, it's like, once you get the concept in, it's like, oh, that makes sense to me. And I understand that. Then that knowledge is really power in your life. And then you get to choose and, and when you own it and you make your own choice, to own that goal and then you decide that you're going to learn by taking action because that's what life coaching is and then you're willing to show up and manage your mind which means showing up and doing um, what are called thought downloads where every day you're kind of doing a brain dump and you're writing you're writing and writing just for even a few minutes a day to show like this is what's going on in my day these are the obstacles that are coming up I'm turning those into strategies I'm showing how things you know at work like the coaching that I got from her was I don't think any of it was about food it was or weight at all it was about all the things in my life like it was about my work it was about family issues it was you know about stress it was about these beliefs that were coming up for me that were just getting in my way and not helpful and so I remember so many things from that six-month process and so it took me um, another five months after we were done it took me a full 11 months to lose the weight that I lost again this picture of me and I lost 57 pounds to get to my goal weight this is not a before picture this is not someone to feel ashamed this is not someone to feel who feels embarrassed I don't I don't I was having a lovely time I had on this trip I had a perfect day I like to think of this notion of creating a perfect day and we went whale watching 
And I usually don't plan a lot of stuff on trips. My husband is like the Sue from the middle. If you've ever seen that show, um, you may be too young to have watched it, but we think that show is super funny. And Sue's the trip planner. And when they went to Disney, she had a whole like notebook and planner. That's my husband. I'm not interested in it. I'm just like, whatever. And I'm not a detail oriented person at all. (laughs) I, I just, I have no interest in it and I don't take any joy in that. And my husband drives him nuts. But anyway, I planned that whale watching trip and it was awesome. And we had such a blast and I could see my kids just right up in front of, you know, the boat and they were just holding on to each other, the three of them. And I was just like an observer. It wasn't like I was just like floating and watching them in life. It was one of those really magical moments in life that I have in my brain. And we had so many whales come and do like these tail slaps and, and it was just an absolutely gorgeous day. And I was at my highest weight on that trip. And I also on that trip had a a funny story that some people know, like my kids are super hilarious and they give me crap all the time, but I was not, that was the first time where I was feeling uncomfortable um, physically with my weight. And I thought, okay, this is the first time like everybody else is really, really passing me up in my family. And we hiked down to this um, beautiful beach and it was uh, kind of a steep hike to get down to this black sands beach. And it was beautiful. And I just, for some reason, it like just escaped me that I would have to get back up. And I just wasn't thinking about it. And cause I was so in the moment, la 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 la. And then, oh my gosh, it was so super steep. So we were like coming up, hiking back up. And, you know, everyone else in my family was literally like running up. And my husband, everyone's going to be like, you okay, Carly? You okay. I'm like, don't pity me. I'm fine. <laughs> don't make it worse. Stop it. And please don't, don't pity me, you know. But then I was like literally like huffing and puffing. And looking for the little rocks on the side where I can sit down and get catch my breath. And then, oh, the funniest part of this story was we had two tiny waters, those really small water bottles. Like, why do they make those tiny water bottles? So we had these tiny water bottles that um, from the hotel, and we had two of them. And we just weren't thinking about this being a hike. We were just thinking about, oh, headed to the beach for a little bit, and then we would come back up. So... We get down to the, when we were down at the beach before I had to do this rigorous hike up, my daughter, Audrey, who's very funny, she wasn't being funny though. She was being real here. She goes, can I have a water, dad? And so she took the water and then like literally five seconds later, she goes, can I have the other water? And we're like, why? You just had that. We have a family of five with two dinky waters and we're all dying of thirst. And she goes, I need it for my other toe. She had poured the water on her big toe to get the sand off while she's sitting in the sand on the beach. This is our only water for our family. And she poured the other water on the other toe. And we're like, Audrey, Audrey, yelling at her while we're on this beautiful vacation, you know? And she's like, wait, she goes, you guys, you idiots, look at the ocean. There's tons of water. We're like, we're talking about drinking water. You poured our only small bits of drinking water on your toes to wash off the bits of sand that have now reaccumulated because you're stepping barefoot in the sand. It was just hilarious. But anyway, so we had no water. 
So I'm coming up and I'm like, I sure would have appreciated the water, Audrey, as I'm dying of thirst walking up this steep hill. And um, then my kids are like, or especially my oldest daughter, who's actually pretty sweet. She's like, hey, are you okay, mom? And and I was like, yeah, I think it's just the altitude. And she's like, um, we're at sea level. So, I mean, I was making all these excuses. I was just really, really struggling. And I thought, wow, this is the first time, like, I'm really noticing that now I'm creating a, a bit of a divide here. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And so, I mean, I would say that there was some shame coming up for me with that. So there was some shame that I wasn't keeping up. I was embarrassed. And and then my kids were laughing so hard at me because they raced to the top and I was having to stop. And they weren't laughing at that. They're not, they weren't ever mean. Nobody in my family was ever mean. I'm lucky in that way. Nobody was ever mean about my, my weight at all. I don't remember them ever, ever saying one comment about it, probably because they like to breathe. But, you know, anyway. So so I stopped. I took a break. And then I kept, I went again. And I stopped again before I got to the top. And for some reason, and it was literally like, it was true that it was only like maybe 10, 20 feet apart from my stops. So they just thought that was hilarious. And they're just looking at me like and pointing at me like, <laughs> like I have like three Bart Simpsons for kids. And I was just like, I hate you guys. I mean, I literally hate you. And um, of course, my husband comes back. Are you okay? Are you okay? And then this is, this is horrible. I just didn't like that feeling. And I remember thinking, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. So that did help me. As I was starting my weight loss journey, and I would look back on that, it's like that's really great motivation. That when I go on vacation with my family, like I just simply want to keep up. I don't want to be um, not that I don't want to be embarrassed or ashamed. I mean, I don't want that, but also like I just I want to be a part of the experience, and I don't want it to be about me, and I don't want these little turkeys of kids calling, you know, acting like Bart Simpson and pointing at me and laughing at me, but they'll laugh at me about something else. But anyway, so that was that really fun trip. And I'm just telling you though, that one of the important things with our weight goal and our weight journey is that we can diffuse and bust through our shame that we have and we all have shame because we're humans, um, but in our society, we are oftentimes shamed for our weight. And I experienced a lot of comments um, in all sectors, not in my home, luckily, but at work or from other people. And I thought, wow, you know, I had no idea that, that my weight affected you in your life, but some of the comments can be obviously hurtful and what I want you to do is to think about like my story is that if if someone like me who's a pediatrician who knows the information who also is a human being who lives in our 
environment with our food system has a life like a lot of people have that has a lot of stress and we have families and you all have school and lots of activities and things you're working on that are important to you that this can happen I mean this can happen easily in our society and so when we're feeling any sort of like blame or shame about ourselves as an individual for getting to that point I just hope that you know my story will help you say hey if that happened to um, Dr. Carla then you know it, it's it's easy that that can happen to it can happen to anyone I mean and and the shame the shame is not helpful it's it's not helpful and we know that shame is a feeling. Shame is a powerful feeling. It's an uncomfortable feeling. We may think that we've done something wrong. We don't belong. We're on the outside. We need fixing. We're broken. We all know Dr. Brene Brown. She does amazing work around shame. That's her whole um, career and vulnerability is courage. And I hope you listen to her and, because I do all the time. Um, but... I want to tell you, just like with our five steps to full self-acceptance, you are not broken. You don't need fixing. You are fully and deeply good. You can love and fully accept yourself right now. You can break up some of that. Whenever you feel hard on yourself, you can soften up by just by recognizing it. So when it comes up, I want you to, to notice and just notice, start noticing how that kind of either shame comes up in you. And it may be like, for me, it comes up as a queasy feeling in my stomach. Like it's the most probably uncomfortable feeling that I have is when I feel shame. And allow yourself to just pause because what happens most of the time is we don't pause and we end up reacting to it and judging ourselves and trying to fix or blame other people or Dr. Brittany Brown talks about how we, she armors up, how we all armor up and she has these really amazing shame indicators that she has and she knows like, whoa, 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 it's time to pause and, and not react and, not, and try not to armor up and just realize that you don't have to you don't have to respond, you don't have to fix this and that there's nothing broken. Okay? And if you're part of you know, IME community or just listening to the if you're listening to the podcast or you're reading the blogs or you're downloading the printables or doing make it fun to get it done you are a part of IME community even if you're not a part or it doesn't work out for you to be a part of the member community that's fine because you can get a lot of really helpful stuff and shame is diffused when we have that sense of belonging connection and also knowing that our thoughts create our feelings our actions and our results you can start to have a thought I'm doing this I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing something to improve my health just by listening, just by taking the time to think about it, just by spending that, you know, those few minutes, maybe a day doing a thought download and just writing down what's going on in your mind, then you're doing it. You're doing it. And 
So we're all going to need to, you know, if we want to reach any sort of a goal, especially health transformation goal, and we want it to stick, we know that we have to start being softer and kinder to ourselves and more compassionate and work towards self-love as our superpower, which is our whole tagline for I Me Community. But I want you to start with just recognizing when that shame comes up and saying, hey, it's okay. I know this is hard, but you can start to just acknowledge it and then just create a pause and allow yourself to maybe feel it because we're all going to feel shame. We're humans. We're all going to feel it coming up in our lives. It's not going to go away no matter what our weight is, no matter what we we're always going to make mistakes we're always going to have things that we feel some sort of shame about but we don't have to feel like we are shameful as human beings we don't have to make that judgment on ourselves when shame comes up ever okay thank you thank you for tuning in to the IME community podcast where self-love is your superpower The content of this podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carla Lester and is not intended as, and shall not be understood as, a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions shared reflect the host and guest and do not represent an organization or medical group. Always seek the advice of your physician or therapist if you have concerns about your health. And please, like and subscribe to the IME Community Podcast. Share IME with your friends and go to imecommunity.com to join the member community. Don't forget to follow IME on social.